G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Everything I've said so far, Robin wrote. Okay, this is my section. You don't think I can preach this sermon on my own? Come on, I'm a guy. Hello and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff continues a message about God's design for physical intimacy. We've heard it's a gift from God, but as Pastor Jeff explains, it really is given by God to strengthen marriages, serving as a marriage covenant reminder. As we begin, Pastor Jeff is in the middle of explaining some issues that can become marriage killers, and he offers some antidotes for the problems. You want to restore the romance in your marriage? I've been waiting 20 years for this fourth point. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue our message about God's design for physical intimacy. You know, I remember before I married my wife, Robin, all that summer before the wedding, I worked, and I think I've shared this before, I worked so hard to try to make enough money because I wanted us to have a special honeymoon time. My brothers, I have three of them, they all took their wives to Pigeon Forge, and I was not going to take my wife to Pigeon Forge on our honeymoon. Just by the name, you can imagine what it's like. It's like a Dollywood, okay, really. So I found this place called Jekyll Island, Georgia, and it was beautiful, and I knew that my wife loved to go out and swim with the dolphins and the white sand and the blue water, and I thought, this is where I'm going to take her. And I I would officiate basketball games. They would give me $10 per game, and I would do 10 games a day. They were one-hour games running clocks, and I could make $100 a day. I made $700 that week, and that's a lot of money back in the 80s. And it went a long way to having a honeymoon. I've often thought myself, you know, am I as passionate now as I was then to please my wife? And you know that I'd be lying if I said yes. (laughs) But I'm working on it. And you have to as well. Three, physical exhaustion. When do people have the highest energy level and the least amount of responsibility? When they're in their 20s. That's why you can date because you don't have a lot of responsibility. You can court, you can buy roses, you can spend time walking in the park, whatever. Then all of a sudden you get married and now you've got children. And here's the scenario. Your energy level starts going down. Your career responsibilities are going up. Your child responsibilities are skyrocketing. Your domestic responsibilities are surging upward. And then one day in your thirties, you walk by the mirror and you go, oh my goodness, my body needs work too. And suddenly you've got all these different areas that are requiring your fullest attention. Now, this is what happens. And I know this from experience. What do most couples do in this phase of the marriage when the kids have come along and they've got a mortgage and the house needs work and they're both in work and their jobs? Here's what they say to themselves. And it's a big mistake. They say, well, we can't shortchange our job or our kids or our house or our bodies but we can shortchange each other because no one's going anywhere. And then you wake up one day and somebody went somewhere. (laughs) 
Because when full commitment occurs, there is the expectation that is God wired into you that intimacy will occur, that two people in isolation come together as one. So yes, the covenant is essential. The full body economic sociological covenant is essential before we enter into the marriage bed, but sex is also essential for covenant to remind you it's a renewal ceremony of the oneness that is now present in this beautiful thing called marriage. The covenant, if you don't come together on a regular basis, the covenant will grow stale. See, that's why we have communion. Because if we don't have communion, the covenant you made with God will grow stale and you will forget and you will go back to isolation. In the same way, God ordains this beautiful gift between the husband and the wife in order that the covenant may, re, may be renewed and we may be reinvigorated toward this oneness in other areas. That's why the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 said, hey, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This is a new covenant. Now I want you to do this. Remember me, do it and remember you are saved by grace through faith and you have the power within you to overcome any situation. So that here's what I say, remembering the original covenant from the past strengthens the relationship in the present and instills confidence and hope in the future. It's an investment into the marriage that makes it stronger as we come together as one. And then four, unresolved conflict. Go back to the communion example. What does, what does uh, both the apostle Paul and Jesus say? When you come together, examine yourself. Now, why would you examine yourself in communion? Because you're supposed to be asking, am I still living according to the promise and covenant that I made with God on the day of my baptism? I'm not perfect, but am I trying to walk in a new way of life? Am I distinct and living distinctly for the cause of Christ? Now, if there's a barrier between you and God, then when you take communion, that barrier arrives, not because God is angry with you, but because God wants you to repent and reconcile so that intimacy can occur. The same thing is true of marriage. Intimacy requires removing of the barriers in your life. See, sometimes we complain about God's design, but if you think about it, he's pretty brilliant. He knew, for instance, let's, let's be honest now. And again, some of you young people who are here, I know you hear far worse than this at school, and this is good for you to be hearing because this thing called sex that you read and hear so much about is a beautiful gift of God. But he also makes men and women quite differently. Let's be honest, right guys? We're different, aren't we? We don't need much, do we? Come on, we're just wired differently. Now, I wonder in my own life, this thing of intimacy with my wife is so powerful that I wonder if we didn't have that aspect of our marriage, would I be so quick to try to reconcile with her on something that's between us? Now think about, can you think about that for a moment? But if we've not been together for a while, it's amazing how nice I get. Come on. And then I start thinking, hmm, I wonder if I've done something to wound her. I better fix this. Now, let's say that wasn't an aspect of marriage, the way men are wired. I'm not sure we'd ever seek reconciliation. Well, you know, it's her fault. I mean, come on. We're pretty hard-headed and stubborn. But the intimacy part of marriage is so powerful. And I think God does that as a purpose of design because he doesn't want us coming together in oneness if we're not truly one. And so in communion, there is repentance and reconciliation. And in the marriage, if we don't, engage in the covenant ratification ceremony, we lose the passion of what happened originally and 
We lose our thirst and passion for that oneness when there's something that separates us to talk about it, to solve any conflict, okay? So those are just four quick killers. So what do I do quickly? Number one, repent of all sexual immorality. Come on, man. Get counseling if you need it. Admit that there's an issue in your life and get help. My goodness. It's not enough just to... It's a bad idea to go to your wife and say, you know, I have a problem. I need to tell you about it. Then your wife needs to say, thanks for telling me. Stop it right now. You do know, men, you do know that looking at pornography is adultery. Did you know that? What? 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 Yeah. The Greek word porneia is sexual immorality, any sexual intimacy or fulfillment outside of the marriage setting. So every time that you engage, you are committing adultery against your wife. Every time. Husbands and wives, same thing. So stop it. You're causing disintegration. You're using something in a way it was never meant to be used. In fact, let me tell you something you can do that will really impress your wife. Have software downloaded on all your iPhone, iPad, everything. You can download it. And anytime you visit an inappropriate site, it'll send your wife a text message. (laughs) Now, what do you think that would do for your wife if you brought her your phone and said, honey, I just want you to know something. I want you to know that I've put this on my phone and my iPad and everything. That way it's holding me accountable. I want you to know, honey, that I am never going to cheat on you. And I'm telling you, you've got to get the help that you need. This will not only destroy your marriage, but any potential relationship in the future. Step two, put each other back on the front burner. Now, I've been saying this for years, and some of you forget, so here we go again. You know you need a date night with your wife, your husband, one night a week. I know our schedules are busy, and we're going here and there, but you've got to set aside a date night that is non-negotiable. When somebody's going to invest in watching your kids... And don't go to a movie. You go somewhere and you sit and you talk about life. And you ask each other questions that really matter. And husbands, as I said before, the first time you do this, be ready because she's going to download on you. And because it's been a long time since you've listened and she's going to tell you everything that's wrong with you. You sit and you take it like a man, get a pencil and write everything down, act like you're listening, but just let her download. Let her download. Because if you do it enough times, then it will turn into something beautiful. And I always give men... Three questions to ask. Ask her, one, what are your hopes and dreams? So, Robin, what are your hopes and dreams? Robin, what do you need more of from me? And what do you enjoy doing so that I can try to make that happen? I know my wife loves to ride her horse. She was gifted a horse many years ago. So I, I rejoice when she tells me, if I say, hey, where are you? She goes, I'm riding the horse. And I'll say, great, man, that's so cool encourage her in things that she enjoys. Now, let me just say as powerfully and clearly as I can that the man who is too busy or the woman who is too busy climbing the corporate ladder or too preoccupied with life to rain down daily doses of affection upon his wife or her husband, that man or woman will be incredibly frustrated with his wife or her husband's disinterest in the act of marriage. You know, Part of us, guys, if we can be honest, we feel a little slighted. Okay, everything I've said so far, Robin wrote. Okay, this is my section. (laughs) You don't think I can preach this sermon on my own? Come on, I'm a guy. Okay, 
But there, there's part of us that we, we feel like, hey, who's going to be an advocate for us? Because we guys get picked on all the time. That's what we feel like, right, guys? We get we picked on. As we're learning your love language, ladies, don't forget ours. You know the most important thing to your man? Words of affirmations. He's looking for someplace he can go, and they will say, hey, you're doing a good job. Proud of you. You don't know what it does to a man when you say, I am glad that I'm married to you. Man, poor. So it's a two-way street kind of thing, you know? You know, what happens in this setting, if you've got a pyramid here, okay, and you get the husband and wife in marriage, and then they both start talking like this, the man says, well, we don't, we don't, we don't engage in the covenant renewal ceremony often enough. Now, he probably doesn't say it like that, but that's a... That's, no. <laughs> And then she says, well, you don't help around the house. And, you know, why do you do that? And then what happens? You start fighting a battle. And let me tell you something. No one's going to win that battle because both are st- They're going to go this way. But if both of you will stop doing that and start going toward God, you'll meet at the top. You, this whole thing of intimacy has more to do with how and where you are with God than it does how and where you are with each other. You cannot be right with each other until you're right here. So put each other back on the front burner. Repent of all sexual immorality. And this is worth the cost of admission right here. Number three, schedule a covenant renewal ceremony at least once per week. This is Today with Jeff Vines. And as Pastor Jeff talks about physical intimacy serving as a reminder of our marriage vows, he also advises pursuit of God as well as each other in our relationships. Let's hear the rest of the message. Number three, schedule a covenant renewal ceremony at least once per week. Because you're, you're, this busy life that we have, see, you know, for us guys, uh, you know, we get turned down a lot because we think about it 33 times a day. And you think about it once and it's most of all negatively. Okay, so you have to understand we're wired, we're wired differently. We, we just are. And we're not freaks, by the way. This is who we are. So obviously, you know, we're thinking, okay, if you schedule in the busy season of your life, if you schedule a time of a covenant renewal ceremony, it goes to great lengths to solve a lot of problems. Because, you know, every Thursday night, I'm going to engage in a covenant renewal ceremony. And if your date night is on the same night, that's even better. And then you can start, think about it. This is the dirtiest it gets with texts between a husband and wife who are Christians. You just send your wife a text. Hey, honey, looking forward to the CRC tonight. (laughs) Now, you're going to be the only ones to know what that means, unless your kids heard this sermon. (laughs) Think about it. And you can, you, can, you can send each other words of encouragement. You can learn love. These are simple things, but they go a long way. And the reason I know this is, listen, you need to know this about me, guys. When I was in my 30s and we had two kids come along, you think I don't know what goes through your mind? I know, because we're not prepared for this. I've been there. I'm, I've been so angry with my wife over this issue that I, you, know, you think about, well, you know, I'm not appreciated. I know some other women that would appreciate me. That's where your mind goes. Come on, God, just be honest. Your mind goes there. Then you start thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to bail. She wouldn't even miss me. And then you start saying, well, I have the right to do this over here because she doesn't care about me. 
That's not the point at all. You're in a busy season of life where she has so many responsibilities and you have so many responsibilities. So if you don't schedule something and be intentional about it, chances are you keep putting it off, you keep putting it off, it doesn't happen. And then the more you remove yourself from the covenant renewal ceremony, the more you remove yourself back into isolation and individualism. And then that starts a vicious cycle, a vicious cycle of anger and resentment. Ladies, your husband's interest in the act of marriage is powerful, persistent, and normal, okay? He's not a freak. He isn't. It's the way we're wired. But guys, affection and emotional interaction is to your wife what the act of marriage is to you. So your wife is no more selfish than want to take you out for coffee and talk to you about all the things on her mind and her day and her needs and her wants and her desires than you are to want sexual intimacy. In fact, men, the... How can I say? This is hard. It's very difficult. Can't say one wrong thing because we record everything. <laughs> uh, let's put it like this Affection is to women what lingerie is to men. See, a man sees his wife in lingerie, the launch sequence has been activated. Now, now, What men don't understand is, what men don't understand is words of affirmation and conversation and intimacy and relationship and speaking about the emotional needs with your wife, that also activates her launch codes. You say, you mean, I've I've heard that my wife has no launch codes. No, she does. They're just slow, very slow, but they can be launched. They can be launched. In fact, I have learned, and I've shared this many times, if I want to activate the launch codes of my wife, it starts in the morning with emptying the dishwasher, running the vacuum maybe in the afternoon, bathing the kids, reading bedtime stories, and just reminding her that I actually care about doing acts of service that will benefit her in some way. In fact, I've also learned the greater and longer the affection, the more intense and passionate the act of marriage becomes. Okay? And then fourth and finally, this is the end, and I've been waiting 20 years for this fourth point. You want to restore the romance in your marriage? Make church attendance a priority. Okay. I've been trying to say this for years. Now, if, if, the, if, two of, if both of you aren't believers, that's another... I, I, I can't solve those problems. That's why I told you a few weeks ago, if you got an unbeliever and a believer, that's a whole other story, and I can't help you, and you're just stupid. Okay, I, I, said it that, I, I said it that aggressively, but I said you're stupid if you're dating. And that, but now, if you find yourself in that situation married, that's different. Here's where you are. But man, use your head, because when you get married, if you're not going the same direction and that isolation to oneness, you're going to struggle in so many different areas. That's another sermon that I can't deal with right now. But right now, if you've got two Christian people, can I just say to you guys, nothing launches the code in your wife like being married to a man who puts God first in his life. I've been saying this for a long time, that Christian men and women have the best sex, and now I got proof. 
This is not in a Christian magazine. This is a report of a 30-year study. One of the most comprehensive and methodically sound sex studies ever done found that consistent church attendees have a significantly higher frequency and intensity of sex than the general population of the United States. According to another University of Chicago study, researchers found that churchgoers not only experience more personal satisfaction, but also rate their sex partners as extremely enjoyable, significantly more than any other demographic. Okay, now, hold your applause. Now, it's important to notice that I never once said Christians have better sex. Rather, the research says consistent church attendees have better sex. The reason this distinction is important is because the research shows Christians who attend church infrequently, like once a month or whenever they feel like it, actually had the lowest sexual satisfaction rates among all demographics. Now, as a pastor who's been doing this for a long, long time, counseling people with, with issues in the I know I knew exactly what he meant. Let me, let me share it with you. Here's what he's saying. If you're the kind of person that goes to church once a month or just whenever you don't have something on, that shows that you've never understood the covenant. And if you've never understood that covenant, you probably have difficulty in other covenants. But if you are somebody who made a covenant with God and the passion of your life is God and to be with God's people, that says something internally about you. And those people are the ones having the best sex on planet earth better than any other demographic, Christians, non-Christians, whatever. Why is that? (laughs) Because nothing inspires as much as when two people come together as one and both have their hearts set ultimately on God. And even though I've known this all of my married life, I, I, I have seasons where I do it really well, seasons where I don't. Robin sees in me that I am putting God first in everything. And when she sees me putting God first in everything, here's what happens. She trusts me. She knows that I'm making decisions not in my wisdom, but in God's wisdom, and that is appealing to her. And then because she knows I am one with God, she wants to be one with me. But when I'm selfish and isolated and not following God the way I should, there is a point in her she kind of wants to separate and go her own journey with God. And now we have proof. (laughs) Proof. I hope that you understand that we participate as Christians in a powerful, powerful aphrodisiac called church. Okay, I hope that out of everything that we've said, that the gospel will be given priority. And if there are any of you in the room that have never made or engaged in the covenant ratification ceremony with God, and you've never entered in Christian baptism, that you would do that that you would come after the service and talk to one of our counselors and say, man, I just realized, I just realized I want sex without the marriage. I want the blessings of God without the covenant. They are similar, and I mean no sacrilege by that. That's how holy and sacred intimacy between a husband and a wife really is. And if that intimacy is not in your marriage, you can't ignore it for too long. There's a reason. There's something wrong. Go to counseling. Solve it. Solve it and then come together as one, and the other areas of your marriage begin to flourish. Father, thank you for uh, the truth of your word. Uh, thank you for our discovery in what oneness is really all about in covenant, in covenant renewal. And I pray for every marriage in this room that there would be a sense of 
passion and desire to renew our covenant with each other. And in doing so, we would remove ourselves from isolation and individualism and come back together as one and one with each other as we are one in Christ. I pray for healing to occur. In some cases, I know we're going to need some miracles, but you are the God who is able to do much more than we could ever hope for, ask for, immeasurably more. And I pray that you would move in our church and move in our families. In Christ's name, everybody said that. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. And that's the end of our message on intimacy and marriage. There's one more message in the Powerhouse series. So join us next time for more from Pastor Jeff. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.